0: Machine Gun Books. How to crank out books like a machine gun on today's episode. Today's episode is brought to you by ConvertKit. To find out how ConvertKit can help you grow your business, save money, and increase your relationship with your email list, head over to servenomaster.com/convertKit right now.
1: Are you tired of dealing with your boss? Do you feel underpaid and underappreciated? If you want to make it online, fire your boss, and start living your retirement dreams now, then you've come to the right place. Welcome to Serve No Master Podcast, where you'll learn how to open new revenue streams and make money while you sleep. Presented live from a tropical island in the South Pacific by best-selling author Jonathan Green. Now, here's your host.
0: Today, I want to talk about something really special, which is acceleration, Many of you have now created, released, or are close to publishing that first book. But the question I get asked a lot, especially by people that have been authors for a little while or in the fiction space, how do I go from a book a year to a book a month? And then how do I go from a book a month to a book a week? And I wanna take you through the process of becoming a book machine gunner. Someone who can pound out books as fast as I do. And I'm gonna take you through a couple of cool things today. I'm actually just in the final edit of 20k a day so hopefully by the time you're listening to this episode my book about writing fast will be released but i don't want you to have to wait for that you don't need to read the entire book it's really long i want to share with you a couple of key principles for structuring book design and i want you to think about a factory or a conveyor belt most of us wear one man bands i am pretty much a one-man operation when it comes to my kindle books and if i try to build an entire book then the next book then the next book it's very slow so the process is coming up with the idea writing the outline writing the rough draft editing the rough draft creating the final draft running it through grammarly sending it to an editor creating the cover uploading to kindle creating the paperback formatted version creating the paperback cover uploading to create space putting the book on ACX to find an audiobook reader, to find a voice for my book, approving that reader, sending them the version that I want them to read, waiting for that process, going through all of that. So if I do each of those steps linearly, it sounds like a lot, it takes a really long time. The way to get faster and go from that slow musket style book creation is to become more efficient and to find places in your creation process where you can bring an outside help or you can become more efficient. For example, the very first phase is choosing a book title for nonfiction or choosing your category. I have already planned out 10 books in the Serve No Master series. I already have nine more outlines finished in the Habit of Success series, and I have over 100 titles for books that I plan on releasing. During my flight back from America, 16-hour flight from Los Angeles to China, I wrote every single book title I could think of to fit the area I'm targeting. I had some really great conversations with other successful authors. While I was in California, I had a nice lunch meeting with about 15 other authors who were all doing amazing things. And I took all my best ideas and I began implementing them. So my research phase is covered for the next two years. Instead of just researching and planning out one book, which a lot of people do, right? You're doing that first research phase and you just try to find that first book you should write about. You really wanna dial into at least 10 to 20 ideas. When I wrote Serving the Master last summer, I had the next nine rough ideas for books written down. I eventually pivoted. Breaking Orbit was not what I planned to write second. It was actually the book I planned to write third or fourth. 20K Day is a book I plan to write a little bit later. But as I dug into what people are responding to, I began pivoting and pivoting. And of course, Control Your Fate is gonna be book four in that series. And I still have the promo where you can choose the different cover for the book. I'm still uh, working on that because I've been traveling, I haven't finalized the cover. Even though we've been through a couple rounds of voting, what I've learned through my experience is that each different phase, it's okay to get ahead of schedule. So once you have 10 books, you can have those 10 ideas ready. Now you're not locked in, it's not written in stone. You can change ideas, you can pivot after the next book, but it gives you an idea of trajectory. So it helps you kind of think about the future. And in all of my books, I mention what's coming next. All I have for Control Your Fate is half of an outline right now, but I'm already talking about, I'm already in cover design phase. Certain phases don't require much of my time. So I like to outsource those as much as possible or get them done early. When I'm doing a fiction series and I know what all 10 books are going to be called, I'm kind of locked into the titles because they go in a row, as opposed to doing research and pivoting with nonfiction, I get all the covers done in advance. I have an entire romance series of books where the covers are done and I haven't even written book one. I just have the idea and the title Having a title to work on the book—that's how far in advance you can get. Now, a book title, a book cover costs me five dollars a cover, and even those more expensive people—they want ten or fifteen. If you order ten covers, they'll do them at five bucks a pop. So you can get a whole bunch of covers done at once, and then you're done there. So as I go through idea into titles, once I lock in my titles, I'm always ahead of schedule getting covers done. I always want to have the next three or four covers finished. And sometimes you'd make a change. So a couple of the books I'm releasing in the habit of success category, in that series, were originally gonna be written under a pen name. But I decided I could rewrite them and change the direction a little bit and they'd be a really good fit for under my own name. So I had to go back into each of those covers and change the name on the cover. And I did that myself. Changing one little section's not too hard. I can change just the, the name section. That's inside my ability set. When you get a little bit ahead, It gives you a trajectory, and it's easier to start getting faster and faster. If you're constantly waiting for other people, they become the bottleneck. It takes three weeks or so for me to get the perfect cover for a book. If I'm waiting and not writing during that three weeks, that's lost time. I don't want that to happen, or I don't want that to be freezing me. So I begin to layer the parts of the process. Any part that's not me, I send out to someone else as quickly as possible. So the cover design, once you have the title done, you can start the cover design and then you can begin working on the outline. Now, you might not be a very good researcher. It might be your area of weakness. If that's the case, you can hire someone to write the outlines for you, to do the research phase for you. And that's absolutely fine. I have an assistant who helps me put together outlines. I give her a bunch of my ideas. I send her a bunch of books I want her to read. I send her to some training videos. I put together a whole package of stuff And I say, go through all this material, find the best stuff and help me write that first table of contents based on that. And she'll write an outline, and then she'll write a deeper outline based on my feedback and material. So I don't do a lot of my own outlining anymore. Now, what happens is that her outline ends up being probably 40% of the final outline but that's still a big help to me. She gives me a structure and a shape for the book and then I go in and go, okay, this is a really good structure. Here's what I wanna add. Here's the here's the Jonathan magic. Here's the sections I wanna add to the book. Here's how I wanna tweak it. And sometimes she'll have entire sections that I just delete because I don't like them at all or they don't fit my brand or they're things that I don't agree with. And uh, that's okay. She's doing pure research. So she doesn't know my voice, she just knows the research. That means that while I'm writing 20K k day, she can be researching Control Your Fate. As soon as that's done, she can be researching Kill Sniper. So she researches books and products I'm creating. Having someone to help you in a different phase is really good. Now I outlined and created a whole lot of books before I brought someone in. But having someone to do that one spot, which is pure research, which doesn't require creativity, more people are able to do that. Most people who go to college, most people who graduate college, who've ever done a dissertation or a thesis or any of that stuff, they know how to do research really, really well and it's not expensive compared to hiring a ghostwriter. Paying someone to write for you is expensive. Paying someone to research, it's not nearly as expensive. It's probably one-fifth the price because it's a much more common skill. For every person who can write, there are five or 10 people who can research. Because really what I have her do is just read books and write bullet points and say, oh, this is an interesting topic. The other advantage of having someone do this is ensure that you never actually plagiarize. So everything, she takes what she's read, she just writes bullet points and kind of highlights or turns that book into an outline, chooses her favorite section and sends them to me, and then I take her notes and I write totally new stuff based on just her ideas. So it also ensures that we're finding structure and ideas but not actually content from other books. It's a little firewall that I like to have in place and it also helps me be faster. So we can have someone working on the covers at the same time as someone else is helping with the outlines. And you can even have a family member or a child, kid, you have a kid in high school, they can do outlining pretty well and help to put together ideas. So you can start to outsource or get help with the different phases. And even if you don't do that, what you can do is once you have your next 10 book titles, create your 10 table of contents. So do them all at once because you're in table of contents mind. You don't have to outsource it, you can do it this way. And this is what I've also done in the past. Before I brought on this assistant, I would have the mind maps for 10 or 15 books and products done so that I could just get that phase out of the way. See, each phase kind of activates a different part of your mind. There's the part of mind where you're researching and thinking of title. There's a the part of your mind where you're researching, and choosing category. There's a the part of mind where you're creating that table of contents. Then there's the part of your mind where you're doing deeper research and kind of creating the deeper table of contents and creating that final structure before you start writing. Each of those phases, you can do a bunch of books in a row. It's actually way faster. So that way, you have your 10 outlines done. You can start writing book one. While you're writing book one in your series, the cover comes back and it's done. So now you have the cover and the outline and the table of contents for book one, and you're writing it. And while you're writing it, then the table of contents and the cover are done for book two before you finish book one. This means that as soon as you finish writing book one, you publish it and you can immediately start the next day writing book two. Now what about the editing process? Great question. I like to, if I'm editing myself, work on something in between finishing writing the book and beginning the editing process. A really big mistake is to finish writing a book before lunch and right after lunch start editing it. You can't do that. It requires a very different mindset and it requires fresh eyes. One of the mistakes that I make a lot if I try to edit too soon is that I can't remember where sections are. I go, oh, did I already talk about this earlier in the book or do I talk about it later and I'm remembering writing it rather than editing it. One of my big problems is that sometimes I wanna write or talk about the same thing four or five times in a book. I'll forget that I talked about it and I'll re-talk about it too many times. So I have to watch out for that and that happens especially when my editing and writing are too close together. If you're having friends review the book, which I really recommend, you can send out copies of the first draft to five or 10 people and just have them look at structure. Especially if you're in fiction, you go, hey, does this story sound interesting? Are there big plot points that are messed up? Are you compelled to follow the character? Before you dig into structure of paragraphs, before you dig into conversations, is the dialogue good? You start off just saying, hey, just look at the big picture. Is this story interesting? Is there any part of the story where you got confused? And while they're doing that, while they're reading it, which could make, take a week, you could begin working on book two. You could begin working on something else, which is what I always do. Now, for me, sometimes I'll finish a book and I'll start working on a blog post. I'll start working on a bunch of podcast stuff. I'm way behind on some podcast stuff right now because I've been traveling and kind of dealing with a whole bunch of stuff. I have a lot of work I need to do on my blog and website today. So in between finishing a book and editing, I can do that kind of stuff. I'm still writing but I'm working on other areas of the business. Now if you're not doing a blog and that's fine. Obviously I recommend doing a blog you don't have to. I like writing a blog post to cleanse the palate because it's writing about something different and usually I can start and finish a blog post in a single day. Some of my blog posts are really long. And some of my reviews are 3,000, 5,000 words. They take a whole morning, that's okay. He's just working on that it takes all my attention and helps me to reset how I think about the book. So it's really valuable to use that time efficiently. If you're doing one book at a time is a single unit, well then the time between finishing the book and editing is wasted time, because you have nothing to do. You're not in production. This is why we wanna have different parts of the project going into place. Now if you have an editor you're working with or your friends you're sending the book to, then you can set it out and things are happening while you're working on something else. Now I go back and forth like today, right now, to give you a snapshot of my life. I've just finished the final edit through Grammarly of the first, I think four large sections of 20K a day, I just did them yesterday. So that's done, and I'm also halfway through writing Influencer Persuasion, the next book, Book Two and Habit of Success. So I can either edit or write, I can go back and forth depending on what I do. I'm also working on writing a sales letter uh, for a customer, for a client I'm working with, who I'm really excited about. So I can work on that. So I have three writing projects that are all big, that are all different. And by jumping between them, I can cleanse the palette. Now what I don't do is do 10 minutes, 10 minutes, 10 minutes. What I'll do is edit a couple of sections of 20K a day. And then when I kind of feel tired of doing that, I'll jump in and really dig into the sales letter. And whenever I need to cleanse the palette, I can work on influence and persuasion. That's a really shorter project. That's something I can finish in a day or two. But it's like, the le- it's the lowest priority on the tree. So that's why it's at the bottom. And uh, mixed in, I'll work on some blog posts or work on some podcast stuff, writing podcast descriptions. So I have all these things that I can work on. Because I have multiple things in development, if I get tired of one or if I hit a brick wall in one, sometimes when I'm writing a sales letter, I'll go, I hate this, or I'm stuck, or I don't like this section, and I hit, A little bit of like emotional writer's block, like I'm not loving the story, and what I need to do is put it down and work on something else, because when I come back and I'm refreshed, I'll see it the correct way. So oftentimes, space is an important part of my writing process. In fact, there was something I hated about this sales letter last week, and I was talking to my copywriting assistant about it. I said, I hate this section, this is garbage. I came back two days later, I go, actually, it's really good. So sometimes we just need a little bit of space, because we get caught up in the moment and we start to self doubt or question or we're looking at something too long, if you read the same paragraph five times in a row, you look at it very differently than the first time. So having multiple projects on the go is a good way as a writer to increase your efficiency. This is how you become book machine gunner. Now this is different than shiny object syndrome because this is systemized. I'm constantly finishing projects. I just released Procrastination book, I think just, yeah, just over two weeks ago. And I've been traveling, otherwise I probably would have put out another book in between then and now, but having a bunch of books systemized, having books coming out like a factory floor means that I can be far more profitable. Uh, One of the guys I hung out with and met a couple of days ago, uh, last week, actually I had lunch with him I think nine days ago. (laughs) Time flies when you jump time zones. He is a really great author. He's a very interesting guy because he just has a huge number of books on Amazon, he's over 50 books. He's a real expert in the time efficiency space, I forget the specific name for it, but he writes all about getting things done and being efficient and using different software to be fast and a bunch of other stuff as well and habits and habit creation and how to be healthy. He has over 50 books and he's doing really, really, really well, he's making a huge amount of money. And in fact, he was the inspiration for me to write the procrastination book. I'd seen his stuff on Amazon about two weeks earlier before I met him. I saw that, I go, this guy's doing something right. I'm gonna start doing the same thing. I need to have more books on Amazon. I need to write some shorter books as well as my longer books to increase the size of my catalog. And I teach this all the time. Bigger catalog is always better for business. And so he inspired me and then I actually met him in person and we chatted and we actually chatted on Facebook this week as well because I saw something and it motivated me and he's doing the same thing. He creates, a series of books, he creates machine gun books, so he has a really deep catalog. Now, he has 50 books and it took him four or five years to get there, and I wanna get to 50 books in less than a year, so I'm, I'm faster, but he's also doing a lot of things right, okay? I'm really impressed with that area of his business. Now, there are other areas of my business where I'm doing better, but I can admit, when I see someone doing something really good, and it inspires me, the deeper your catalog, the more successful you can be on Amazon. Speed to book, equals speed to profits. I talk about this in a lot of my courses and I realized I got behind schedule with 20K a day because I dictated the whole book and I kind of ran into some different challenges that I've since overcome, but I just got behind schedule because I also have written five big products since then and worked on about 15 client projects. But what I learned and what I reminded myself of as I was going through editing 20K, I said, you know, I always talk about how important it is to have a deep catalog and I'm not moving fast enough. So that's why I've pivoted and made some shifts in my business to be faster. My original plan was to release a Servant Master book every two months, but I'm already four months behind schedule on 20K a day if that's the calendar I'm on. So that's why I'm realizing I need to do big books and small books because I want that deep catalog and that's what you need. When you have 10 books in a series and each book is 299, you make $2 a sale. That's uh, about the commission from Amazon. So if you have someone come into your series, they buy all two, 10 books, you make $20. If you only have one book, you only make $2. It's 10 times more profitable. Now, not everyone, I'll tell you this right now, not everyone who write, reads Servant of Master reads Breaking Orbit, because only a small subset of the people who follow me are, really want to become authors. That's not everyone's passion. It's okay. I learned that, and that's why I'm pivoting. So. I'd already, before I really learned that lesson, I'd already started 20K a day. And I think 20K a day is actually really valuable for even people who don't wanna be authors. It's just such a valuable skill. But that's why the next book is called Control Your Fate because I realize most of my audience likes a wider book, especially on Amazon. So I'm reacting to my audience. I'm reacting to my sales on Amazon. I pay attention to what people email me about. It's okay to have a plan and then adapt. Like the classic quote from the Prussian general, No plan survives first contact with the enemy, and no book strategy survives that first launch. Once you go through your first launch, you'll pivot and make changes, and then you'll do it again with each book you release, and that's okay. Because when you have a machine gun book strategy, you always have another book in the chamber, and you become very profitable very, very fast.
1: Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Serve No Master. Make sure you subscribe so you never miss another episode. We'll be back tomorrow with more tips and tactics on how to escape that rat race. Head over to servenomaster.com forward slash podcasts now for your chance to win a free copy of Jonathan's bestseller, Serve No Master. All you have to do is leave a five-star review of this podcast. See you tomorrow.
0: You've just listened to another amazing episode of the Serve No Master podcast. Make sure to subscribe and we'll be back tomorrow with another amazing episode.